Um, but before we bring um, Josh up, I wanted to take a, a moment to, to just pray. Uh, not even over Josh, but just over things that are happening over planet Earth, right? We have a responsibility to pray. Particularly in the scriptures say pray for Jerusalem. But I, I believe that it's, it's even larger than that. It's to, to pray for the Lord's mercy and hand over the earth. And, uh, you know, not getting into politics or anything like that, but just the reality. I'm not sure if people have been following the situation uh, in Afghanistan, right? After uh, 20 years of fighting and keeping things under control, if you will, um, due to various policies, right, American forces are not there or not there to the same extent that it has been, right? Uh, and now, what has happened here is, in history, what we call a power vacuum. There's a vacuum of leadership, there's a vacuum of order, and then someone comes in to fill it, right? And so as U.S. troops have pulled out, the Taliban has moved in, right? It's very unfortunate. It's actually a very common thing in history, in the study of history, okay? If there's not order, if there's not stability, someone will come in and bring that stability, even if it's a bad stability. So, there's a lot of things to pray for. I think one of the, the biggest things to pray for is for our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan, all right? It's one of the fastest growing regions of, of the faith, right? Number two, uh, according to some lists. Uh, and so we pray for them because Taliban doesn't tell you not to preach the gospel. They do worse things than that, right? Brutal. Let's pray. Father, we pray for our brothers and sisters in the Middle East, and particularly right now in Afghanistan. Gird them up. Strengthen them. Embolden them. Holy Spirit, show them where to walk and not to walk. Holy Spirit, show them when to speak and when not to speak. Father, we pray your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And your will on earth does not necessarily mean democracy. What it means is that the gospel goes forth. So, Father, I know it's a bold prayer from the West, but I know the hearts of the people that live there. Lord, whatever it takes, whatever it takes for your kingdom to go forward, let it be so. Father, I pray right now, Lord, that the people of Afghanistan will come to know that you love them. That you love them, that they have a purpose, they have a destiny in you. Father, we pray right now, as it has been done, there is record of this happening. Lord, do it again. Show up in visions. Show up in dreams. Come into those Taliban tents and those camps, and let the man of white, let Jesus show up to them. Right now, they're about eight hours ahead of us. Right now, right now, as they're making dinner, around that fire, in that tent, out in the desert, in that city, in that apartment, presence of God, show up. And reveal yourself, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. In Jesus' name, amen. Hmm. So, this is an interesting little tie-in. Josh, Pastor Josh, why don't you come on down. Pastor Josh is going to be uh, preaching today, teaching today. I'm not exactly completely aware of where he's necessarily going with the, with the teachings, but I would say this, you know, it's very easy to say God is good no matter what, when you're living in the land of McDonald's, when you're living in the land of Amazon, take out your phone, you swipe it, get whatever you want delivered to your house tomorrow. Very easy. Now, for those of us who have been going through difficulties, maybe you've lost a job, maybe you have a, a family member that is, that is ill, takes on a different meaning. But God is good no matter what. What happens if you're a believer, son or daughter of God in Kabul right now, in Afghanistan right now, in China right now, in North Korea right now, in Iran right now, 
Could you, could you be going through what they're going through and still say God is good? That's a challenge. It said, God is good when we're sitting in climate control and it's 70 degrees in here. And we all get to leave and go eat whatever we want and swipe to the left or the right and get our Amazon package Monday morning. Put that into perspective, right? God is good. No matter what, let's just pray for Pastor Josh. I almost called you Uncle Josh. That's really funny. I don't have an Uncle Josh. I'll tell you why. Yeah? Whoa, okay. Father, we come before you and we thank you for the Ronaldos. Lord, I thank you that you brought yet another Italian family into my life. The Italians have taught me love and embrace and me even giving him a hug. I'm not used to that. Lord, I thank you for them. I thank you for the anointing that's on their life, their care, their love, their diligence, their faithfulness. Lord, we pray for us that our hearts would be open, our spirits would be open to receive, to receive what I believe to be a very timely word. Amen? Amen. Thanks. Yeah, so he called me Uncle Josh, but that was because I was, uh, he doesn't know this, but that's what I feel like I'm doing right now. We're going to have a sit down, a heart to heart with Uncle Josh. I'm Pastor Josh to you, but I have nieces and nephews and so on and so forth. So, <laughs> so last time I came here and uh, I, got to, I, I sat before you because my ankle was all messed up. This time I'm doing it because I really found I like sitting while I'm speaking with you guys. Um, so it's really sobering to to get the chance and the opportunity to pray for the greater church and, the, and, and the, 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 the craziness. Like, I'm very well. I'm a bit of a news junkie in some ways. I try not to be, but I'm very aware of, like, stuff that's happening in Afghanistan. And, uh, but that doesn't change the fact that God told me to do, do this talk. So that's kind of interesting, right? Is God really good? No matter what. You know, the question of, well, my husband is, is sick and, and has a progressive illness. You know, is God good? How does that work, right? And, uh, you know, this was going to be more fun and, and stuff, but I think it's got to be more, it's got to be more serious. I'm going to still talk to you. I'm going to, I have some things to share with you. I have some things that or even beyond my message that I feel like the Lord's asking me to share with you guys. And um, so before we even jump into that, I want to talk to you a little bit about Jesus' prayer in the garden. He, he's, he's, he knows what's about to happen to him. He know, he's literally, blood is, is coming from his pores. He knows what's about to happen to him. He knows the weight of the sin of the world is about to come upon him. He's about to go up and be put on the cross, and to be, to be crucified, and have the Father actually turn away from him for the very first time in all of his existence. He knows what's about to happen, but he says, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Okay, this is a very important thing, because Jesus is our model. He's not just our Savior, he's our model. So he's modeling something for us, and what I believe that he's modeling is actually a Christian, not a Christian, but a, but a maturation point that many Christians may have missed, right? So we want to pray for the Lord to do these good things. God, you're good, so you should do good things for me, right? But if you haven't, if you haven't laid your life down and your desires down before the Lord, Abraham was the first in our faith to do so. He took Isaac and said, Isaac... You know, God's asking for your life. You're going to, you're going to, God will provide the sacrifice. And, you know, all the whole time, you know, Isaac's getting prepared and he's going to be on the altar. And, but you know, Isaac was the son of promise where all the things that God promised to Abraham were supposed to come through that line of Isaac. So what I want to pose to you is, or what I want to show to you is that Abraham even laid down his own desires that God gave to him and said, not my will, but your will be done. Now, sometimes God takes that down, takes that away from you, takes what you're, at, what you're offering, what you're putting on the altar. But sometimes he just, he's, he's trying to figure out, 
do you really, do you really want me or do you just want the things that I can give you, right? It's a very, it's a conundrum really if you think about it because like Dave said, we have Amazon, we have instant gratification, we, have, we live in comfort, we're sitting in air conditioning right now, we're sitting uh, very comfortably, we know that we're not going to be attacked right now, we know that like, like in terms of, of things that are going on in the world, we're relatively comfortable, so it's really easy for us to say, you know, God is good. So that's the first thing I want to talk about, wanted to talk about to you is this idea, this Christian maturation point. Not my will, Lord, but your will be done. I'm laying down my will. I'm laying down my desires, and I'm saying, you, God, whatever you want. I'm saying, transform my desires into your desires. So I'm not saying I'm going to pray my desires as if your desires, as if they're your desires. I'm saying, kill my desires and put your desires in its place, right? And that's different. That's different than how a lot of us have prayed. That's different than how a lot of us have learned. And a lot of us in the West, we will pray for our own desires as if God has said, that's what I desire for your life, right? So as, that's really important, and that's really important for the thought process in what I'm going to share today, okay? So are we, are we, are we clear, what, Alan, what am, I, what am I saying to us? His desire for us, not our, and then we pray, not our desires. We pray after our desires have been aligned with his desires, now we're praying from that place. We're praying as sons and daughters. I've crucified my flesh. I've said not my will, but your will, and I've meant it, and I've let you take things away from me that need to be taken away, right? So then I'm praying from a place of purity. Who, you know, clean hands and a pure heart is what we're after here. <clears throat> I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. This is what King David said when all his enemies were surrounding him. Unless I would have believed what? That God is good. The goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He was surrounded by his enemies. He's in a bad situation. He's in a really hard way. You know, a lot of the Psalms are amazing because a lot of the stuff that he's saying is <clears throat> based on being surrounded by just, not just difficult situations, but probably deadly situations, right? So all the more, is God good? As a believer, I'm in Afghanistan, is God good still? Yes, God is good. If King David could say it, we can say it. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about the, kind of the series, right? So this is the first time that I'm actually like, supposedly preaching something that's supposed to be in the series that we're doing. And so I'm thinking about that, and I'm thinking about, all right, a movable stone. So we're talking about memorial stones, right? Memorial stones. What's a memorial stone? A memorial stone are stones that are built one on top of the other, it's a, or a pile of rocks, right? And so we all need to establish these immovable stones, these immovable things, these immovable, to me, it's immovable truths. It's a truth that the Lord shows you in his word and through your dynamic relationship with him. And then you don't waver on that truth. No matter what. Immovable stone, God, a memorial stone. God is good no matter what. So how do we establish those things? How do we use those, those truths um, in practice, when, it, when situations don't appear to be good, right? Or God doesn't appear to be good in that situation. So let's get this, the, 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 this out of the way. This message does not apply to you unless you have done the following thing. You've said, Jesus is Lord. You've confessed him with your, in, with your mouth and you believe in his heart. If, it does, if you haven't done those things, this is the time to do those things. The reality is Jesus came, he was sent from the Father to be your per the perfect sacrifice for your sins. He willingly laid his life down on the cross. He, he died on the cross as you, for you, in your place, so that you might become part of God's family, that you might become a son or a daughter. So if you haven't done that part, I'm going to invite you to do that part. Because honestly, the rest of this doesn't, it doesn't get to apply to you. 
it just doesn't get to apply to you. So I'm not, not, not being harsh or anything, but what I'm saying is now is the time to make your decision. Are you going to believe that Jesus is Lord or not? Are you going to lay your life down for him or not? Are you going to do the divine exchange or not? And so I just want to invite you into that because that's the, that's the most important thing. All this, because here's the real truth. All the memorial stones that Dave has talked about are laid upon the fact that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. And that's where we have to start building. That's the, that's the first stone that you have to build these other stones on top of. If you don't, your mouth will just be building on sand. It's not going to happen. So, yeah. So as we're building this relationship with the Lord, it's important to take uh, these, um, these memorial stones, these truths, and not just say, oh, that's true, but to say that's true and I choose to believe that and then you take that and you put that inside yourself, right? So that when the situation comes that says, well, is God really good? Your internal reality has the potential to say, yes, God is good, but not only that, you're bringing the truth to bear on the circumstance. See, that's an interesting thing. So like, you know, I'm aware of people that have you know, family members that are sick and dying. And I'm aware that doctors tell you a certain thing about it. And, and we go to this authority figure and we say, doctor, please tell me what's wrong with me. Right? And I'm not knocking doctors. We appreciate doctors. We appreciate nurses. We appreciate people that are willing to lay their life down and try to understand things. But what I am saying is that that doctor is not your final authority. But if you make that doctor your final authority, you're making them compete with what God's saying. Right? And so, so what we want to do is we want to learn these truths that are true no matter what is happening in your life. So that you know that when anything comes to test your feeling of whether God is good, you know not to believe the circumstance. It's the circumstance that's lying to you, not God's, not the truth, not the thing that's settled inside of you. Right? And that sounds so weird and so foreign because, like, we're so used to speaking what we see the circumstance are. We say that. And so I'm not saying don't, I'm not saying deny the circumstance. What I'm saying is that it's lying to you, especially if it's coming up against these memorial stones. So let me give you a little bit of truth about your stock and where you come from spiritually. Hebrews uh, 10, 35 to 39 says, so do not throw away your confidence. It holds a great reward. You'll need to preserve. You need to preserve so that after you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised for you. In just a little while, he's coming, will come, and will not delay, but my righteous one will live by faith. All right. The righteous live by faith, okay? That's part of your stock, your, your spiritual stock. And if he shrinks back, I will take no pleasure in him. All right, so say this part with me. Everybody that can read English, say, We are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but we are of those who have faith and preserve our souls. What is true is truer than the situation that you're going through. So that's what a memorial stone is. It's a stone that this is not allowed to be questioned in my life. And if it is, I will believe what the stone says and not what my circumstance says. So what if the truth is God is good no matter what? Isn't, it's, it's less of a statement but more of a reality that you can release when you understand it. What if it's more of a reality that you're taking what's more real in heaven and you're bringing it and releasing it on earth? That's what I mean when I say you're bringing the truth to bear on your situations. So you can marinate in the circumstances. You can marinate in, and, I, and I'm like, how, do, who, how dare I preach to the church in Afghanistan that's going through this? But church in Afghanistan, you can marinate in the fact that the Taliban is coming or you can marinate in the fact that Jesus is Lord. You come from the stock of we are not those who shrink back and are destroyed, but are those who have faith and preserve their souls. I believe God's big enough to do multiple things all at once. 
I believe God's big enough to get his gospel to go forth and to save people. Not just physically save them, not just spiritually save them, but in the whole sense of the word, he can do it. So what if God is good is a confession over a situation with the same way that you believe that Jesus is Lord and you confess with your heart and you believe in your mouth? What if you release the reality that God is good, I believe it and I confess it with my mouth? And even if the circumstance you don't see change right away, what if you deny the circumstance, the reality, and you say the reality is God is good and so God, you show your goodness. I release your goodness on planet earth in Jesus' name, right? So it's less about your circumstance and more about bringing this greater reality that God is good no matter what. It is a memorial stone. Anything that comes to question that reality is not allowed to exist. This is, I'm going so far off my notes that you guys have no clue. I don't even know what time it is anymore. <laughs> I'm like boots on the ground. I'm like your counselor. I want to sit down with you and I want to get you to go through the thing that God wants you to go through so that you could be transformed. That's who I am. I'm not a flowery theological guy. <laughs> you can have time figuring that stuff out and then see how that impacts your life. I want you to know that there's a way to utilize those memorial stones so that you can change the, great, the reality that you're seeing and that you're partnering with God. And that's why I said, the first thing I said to you guys is this. Not my will, but your will be done. Because if you're praying your desire like this, just stop. It's witchcraft. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's witchcraft. If you lay your desires down. I keep picking Dave to look at. Look at it's kind of fun. Let's see if I can make him uncomfortable. I am his uncle, after all. Uh, apparently. <laughs> right so lay our desires down lord not my will that be done but your will be done don't I, I i want to die to the desires even the desires that you've given me lord i want to exchange what i think i want for what you actually want then you can pray like this because don't do it the other way it's wrong it's an idol okay so what are we going to do here? We're going to identify, internalize the truth. So for our example here, we're using God is good no matter what. So we're not just going to say, yeah, that's true. That's a nice thing that Josh said, or that's a nice thing that we say sometimes, like God's good, right? Amen. God is good all the time. I'm not talking about just that level of, I'm talking about, do you believe it above the circumstance that you're walking through? And I wouldn't preach this if I didn't have a story to share, and I do have a story to share, and it pales in comparison to like, living in Afghanistan right now and having the Taliban come and do the things that they're probably going to try to do to you. But it's what I have and it's my context and it's what I can share with you and it's how God chose a the situation that I have gone through that God has chosen to show me this truth because we all have to place the memorial stones ourselves. You can look at it in scripture but till it happens in your life and you place it there, it doesn't really mean anything. It doesn't really do anything. It kind of sits in this ethereal place like, that's a great truth. Yeah, well, let's internalize that truth. Well, how are you going to do that? God will use your circumstances to teach you things if you let him, if you want to, you know, if you want to. It's about, that's why I said it's about laying your life down. It's about not my will, but your will be done. It starts, it starts with that. Jesus is not just our savior. He's our model for living perfectly in communion with the Father. <clears throat> number two okay so you've identified internalized the truth what does that mean that means that before you've done anything else and you've even come to a circumstance you've identified with the Lord what's true and you've internalized it so what that means is you actually have to be in relationship with God you have to let him show you what's true and then you have to believe it you have to choose to believe it and then you have to walk to a circumstance where the enemy comes to test, do you believe that or not? Or, so and then it becomes yes or no, do I believe it or not? So we have to be able to recognize that there is an attack on the truth that's a memorial stone that's immovable that you've already placed, right? So that's what I'm saying here. So first we're going to identify and internalize that truth. This, for our circumstances, God is good no matter what. So for me it was the Lord started to actually just put scripture before me. He would say, 
um, taken me through Hebrews, for example, the book of Hebrews, Hebrews 11, with a hall of faith, all these extremely faithful people. And he would take me through there and he would say, like, basically this is what he did. He said, what do you think you'd have to believe to do the things that those people did about me? What would you have to believe about me to do the things that those people did? Specifically, he did that with, with, with Abraham, Father Abraham. And I actually want to read Hebrews 11, 8, which I didn't, I don't think I put that in the slide here. That's okay. Where is my Bible? Okay. So Hebrews 11, 8 through about 12, I believe. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, he obeyed and went without knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the promised land as a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him to the, promise, to the same promise. For he was looking forward to a city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, Sarah even though she was barren and beyond the proper age, was enabled to conceive a child because she considered him faithful who had promised. And so from one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and countless as the sand in the seashore. So God is showing me, he's showing me not through my circumstance yet that he's good. He's actually, she's actually showing me in the scriptures that he is good. Um, and so like I said, the question that he posed to me is, what would Abraham have to believe to do the things that he did? And basically, me being me, I'm like, well, it already says faith, so he had faith, right? But what else would, you, what else would he need to believe? Right? And I know this is very subjective and very personal, but, but I've come to believe that he would have had to believe that God's going to take care of me and my family. He's going to perform his word. But ultimately, all of those things are under the umbrella of goodness. God is going to be good to me. God is going to be good to me. And so, and so with that, he began to convince me. But I'm telling you, I was in a circumstance where my, my situation didn't look good. You know, as a, so as a man, I, get a lot of, I got a lot of identity through my job, through the things that I do, the, the, the place that I'm, that I'm employed at. And at this point in my life, I, was, I was, had lost my job. It was uh, about... Uh, I lost my job in 2010, a couple, year, a couple months into getting married with my beautiful wife, Laura. And uh, I lost my entire identity. I was a graphic designer, I worked at a printing company, you know, pretty nice beginning of my life. And um, so I lost, I lost that job and then I thought to myself, well, really I want to help people. Really I would love to be able to actually help people either, either physically or emotionally or spiritually in some way. Pat, being a pastor at that point wasn't necessarily on my radar. And so I found this, this facility where I thought, man, this would really be, I'd be able to help people. I'd be able to do some, some type of behavioral intervention with people and I would be able to actually help people. Well, I'm not gonna badmouth anything or, or go into it too much, but essentially it didn't turn out that way for me. Uh, it ended up feeling like I was purposeless not being able to do anything for the people that I was supposed to help. Um, the resources weren't given to me. The teaching wasn't given to me. The ability to actually intervene. It was more like being a prison guard for me than it was anything else. Uh, the environment was extremely fear-based. The people that were in control of the other uh, people that worked there were like, they ruled with a sense of fear. Like if you do something wrong or you step out of line, like you're just going to be fired and stuff like that. And so. So for me, that was very difficult because I'm actually quite a sensitive human being and I really do care. And so if you put me in a situation and don't give me tools and don't tell me how I can actually help and just kind of sit me there in a chair, I kind of start to die inside. It's uh, just the way that it was for me. So I felt like I was dying. I actually felt like I was stuck. I didn't know that God was good. I didn't believe that God was good. I was, I was saved. I, I didn't know that I was even a son. I didn't know that I was part of his family. I didn't know that I was righteous. I knew none of those things. I basically was at the base foundation stone. Is I've been saved. Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. But that's about it. I'm still in the place of trying to be good, to get his love. I was still in the place of trying to, you know, 
pray my desires into reality. Like I was, like I had this whole false memorial stone built, right? And so God was just, <laughs> we're not going to do that anymore. In his mercy, he's like, nope, we're going to do something, but it's going to be hard. And it's not going not to be fun to you, but it's going to build a stone in your life. And so anyway, yeah, in the scheme of things, like I had a job that I didn't like. I didn't know what to do about it. And that's what it feels, that's what it seems like now, looking at it from the past, but like sitting in the past and remembering what exactly was going on. I thought I was going to die. I really did. I didn't see a way out. I became, I was starting to become hopeless. I didn't have the thought like, oh, I could just get a different job. Like I was like, this is it. <laughs> I commit. Like when, I, <laughs> when I'm going to do something, I commit. I'm like all in. I don't even see like, oh, there's, I could just maybe not do this anymore. Right, so knowing that now, that's great, but I didn't know that at that time. So I felt not only stuck, but like dead, like I'm gonna die. And uh, so a, some, a family friend of ours knew um, a place where, actually they're the top, so like if I was at the bottom of this facility, the bo if this facility was like the bottom of the bottom, this other place that my friends were connected to was like the top of the top. And so I thought, hey, you know, I could get a reference, I could, I could actually, you know, they've said, why don't, you, why don't you try to get a job there? And so I did, I interviewed, it wasn't, it was a great interview, it was, um, it was, uh, it went super well, and I was, you know, really hopeful. I knew that it was up against a couple of other people and stuff like that, and so, anyway, so I, I interview, I come back, come back to work in this other place, and uh, I get a phone call. Oh, you didn't get the job, actually. <laughs> and then it was, the it was just the weirdest thing. It was like the d a demonic presence came over me, and I just became so hopeless and so stuck. And I felt like I'm going to have a nervous breakdown. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to even think anymore. I'm not going to be able, like, I, I'm so stuck, I, I just don't even know what to do. And so in that moment of, like, just, I'm completely stuck, I remember I texted Laura and I said, Laura, you got to get like all of our friends to pray for me right now. Like I need, I need something to happen because I'm, I'm really just, I'm, I'm so low. And um, somebody must have been praying. I'll just put it that way because all of a sudden this feeling came over me. I'm sitting at this facility feeling hopeless and all of a sudden it was like, well, wait a second. Lord, you're showing me through scripture that you're good. You're asking, you're interacting with me on your goodness. Even my friends and people are telling me that you're good, but I am not seeing your goodness manifest in this situation. Like, I'm completely without hope, and I feel completely stuck, and I think I'm just going to die here. But all of a sudden, this thing came over me, and it was like, yeah... You know what, Lord, I'm going to choose that you're good no matter what I'm seeing in these current circumstances. And that must have been, you know, whatever the people were praying over me, like the Holy Spirit came upon me and I was just like, you know what, I'm going to confess that God is good no matter what I'm seeing. I'm going to believe that you are who you say you are. I'm going to believe that I can trust you. I'm going to believe that you will perform your word just like you did for Abraham, just like you did for the father of the faith. I'm going to believe that you're good no matter what I'm seeing. And here's the crazy thing. In 10 minutes, I got a phone call from the same person. And he said, oh, a job just opened up at a facility that's about five minutes from your house. I want you to go interview. <laughs> For me, that's being, that's like I was dead and now I'm alive again. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, there is, there's still hope. God is good. Right? So he's showing me this, this, uh, this path all of a sudden where I saw no path, now he's showing me this path. Did God know the whole time that that guy had another opportunity for me? But did he, did, he, did he not need to get me to a place where he could show me this stone that God's good no matter what? Did he not need to get me to make my confession, the same confession with which I believe that Jesus is Lord and he's Savior of my life? Did he not need to teach me that? That's how you lay this other cornerstone. That's how you lay this other, excuse me, uh, memorial stone. That's how you lay the truth is with the same 
you believe the truth, right? So here's that first truth, Jesus is Lord. Here's another truth, God is good no matter what. It's actually kind of the same thing if you think about it in terms of like what me believing that Jesus is Lord did for me was I went from death to life, right? With me believing that God is good no matter what I see, my situations can now go from death to life. And that's really hard and that's really scary because we put, our, we give, we, we put a measure of authority into the hands of people that really we shouldn't put authority in. We can thank you for your studies, doctors. We can thank you for your service, nurses. We can thank you that what, you, what you've studied about the human body is very fascinating and true, but guess what? You're not my authority. And I don't mean it to be rude. I lo- I'm so thankful. I love to watch people that do things excellently. Like, there's nothing better than, you know, going to those doctors that actually, like, have read more recent studies and really understand things. So I'm not knocking doctors. What I'm saying is you shouldn't put people in authority that don't belong there. <laughs> Jesus is your ultimate authority. What does Jesus say? If you're sick, what does he say about you being sick? Does he see you as sick? Are you really, are you, like... In other words, can you bring the truth to bear on the reality that you're seeing? And that's what I want, that's what I want us to do. That's what I want us to get to. That's what I'm trying to, to, to help you shift that mindset. That's why I'm sharing this story. Is this the worst story that's ever happened to anybody in their entire life? No, but this is how God teaches me to put the truth on. Okay? So, 10 minutes later, get that phone call. You know, how did I feel? Like, I did. I feel like I went from death to life. I'm like, okay, there's some hope. I don't know what's going to happen, but there's some hope. That weekend, like that Friday, I go to the facility. I interview. The next day, they say, you're hired. We want you. Now, I went from the lowest of the low, like, honestly, like, no, very little resource, no, no real training, no real hope of helping, to actually this place is the top in the nation for what they do. And they're willing. They're saying, come in. We'll, we'll train you for... Uh, for like two weeks, you'll go through like this training, you'll learn this specialized science, you'll learn this in- intervention be- to intervene in behaviors, and you'll actually be able to help someone. All right, so, the, so that's that, right? So I, I, I choose to believe that God's good no matter what I see, but even if my circumstance wouldn't have shifted, I had already choose to believe that God was good, right? So he didn't let me pray my desire, he, let, he, he, he made me get to the place where I would believe the truth besides what my circumstances were seeing. So what I'm saying is God is good no matter what isn't necessarily a reality in this realm. It's a reality that's in God's realm. And when you choose to believe what's in God's realm, you're bringing heaven to earth in a way that doesn't necessarily happen a lot in the Western world. Right? So like, I don't know, it's kind of (laughs) cool. Are you tracking? Is this making some sense? Is this, is this different? Are you guys okay? Am I talking like, if we're supposed to be having a heart-to-heart, am I getting a little too, hey, <laughs> just let me know. Because I want to tell you something. I have a spirit of unbelief that's sort of sitting on me right now, and it's like, how dare you preach a message like this when people in Afghanistan are going through what they're going? Well, I want to tell you something. This is true for them. This is as true in the West as it is true in, in, in the Middle East. The situation has to shift when the truth comes. So, Lord, we just ask, Father, we pray for the truth to come. Father, we just rip off all unbelief right now. We rip off any 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 way in which the circumstances of the tanks coming and the Taliban coming and the, and the fear of those people coming. Father, and we pray for our brothers and sisters right now. Father, that they will release the goodness of God, that they will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And I know that they're excited for the gospel to go forth, and I know that your will is for the gospel to go forth, Lord. But I also know that you're, you, you're, the heaven must invade earth, and your reality must be partnered with by man, God. So I'm asking that their confession of their heart is, you are good, Lord. We're going to see your goodness right now, and we're going to see your goodness manifest in people saved, people delivered, people healed, and also people, people safe. And the hordes of hell will not prevail against them. In Jesus' name. 
So, Father, we release your goodness over that situation even now. We trust you, God. We say that you perform your word, God. Father, I thank you that you're bigger, that, that you, don't, you don't just want souls saved, but you want people like literally the fullness of sozo, God, is what I'm praying. The fullness of healed, set free, delivered, made whole, made well, kept safe and sound. That's what I pray over our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan, God, and that they would be like the beacon, that they would be the beacon and they would be able to bring they would be able to bring forth the fullness of the gospel, even where they're at now, in Jesus' name. Hey, Jamie, can you come up? I went so far away from my notes that who even knows what's going on anymore. But what I do want to say are my main points here. My main point is that you need to believe that Jesus is Lord and confess in your heart that he is Lord and he make him your savior. You need an act you need to place that you need to place that foundation stone then you need to begin to build the other memorial stones on top of that. Like I said none of this applies to you unless that's the truth for you. Unless Jesus is Lord. <clears throat> Number two, God is good no matter what. That is my main point. God is good no matter what you see. And we can take that truth and bring it to bear upon the reality that you're seeing in the earthly realm. Okay? So for me, God uses my circumstances to teach me things and to place truths inside of me that are immovable and can't be, can't be questioned by the circumstances that come. And so what happens is when you do that, you start to even pray differently. You start to understand that the goodness of God is a realm and a reality that you can release into the earth and you can release into circumstances and you can speak life to things that are dead because God is good no matter what. Lazarus come out. If Jesus didn't know his father, he wouldn't have said stuff like that. I want you to know the father. And so, yeah, so, listen, I don't know where everybody's at here. I know, I know most of you, but if you haven't made Jesus Lord yet, just come up to the altar and we'll take care of it. I don't do the thing where like everybody close your eyes or raise your hand because it's really important for you to know that the Lord's calling you and for everybody around you to see that the Lord is calling you. So if that's you, I'm going to invite you to come up to the altar and we'll pray with you. And if that's not you and if you've already made Jesus Lord, remember, remember this with the same way that you've confessed in your heart, confessed with your mouth and believed in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you take these stones you take these stones and you believe the same way. You take these truths and you release the greater reality in that same way. God's good no matter what. It is the memorial stone that has the potential to bring about God's reality into the earth. God is good no matter what. Even when your circumstances are reflecting the opposite, let God convince you of his goodness. Like King David, like Abraham, let us choose to believe, to see the goodness of God no matter what. Are you with me? Father, I just pray for my friends and my family. That you would take this truth and make it reality in them. That we would be a people 
that come from a stock in the spiritual realm that don't back down, that never give up, and that stand on who you are and stand on your goodness and release your goodness. Holy Spirit, I'm just asking you to highlight any parts of what, what was said today, that it would go right to the right people, that it would go right into the right part in their hearts. Father, we confess your goodness over all circumstances that we're going through. Father, even if the circumstance doesn't change the way we think we want it to, Father, not our will be done, but your will be done. So I just thank you, Lord. We praise you. We bless you. We honor you in Jesus' name. All right. How about for Pastor Josh? Why don't we, uh, why don't we stand? Come on, you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. You are the head and not the tail. You're a priest, a holy generation, a chosen people. You were once not of a people of God, but now you are the people of God. The whole earth is waiting and groaning for the sons and daughters of God to arise and to be made manifest to this earth. And some of us have come to the table and we've been convinced by the whispers of the evil one that we are to adopt a defeatist mentality. That you're just going to get by, that you're just going to squeak by, that the Lord doesn't want to put any favor on you. And some of us come to the table with that theology, with that thought. And I think that there's also another side. There's another side of people that think that, you know what, life is just going to be a treasure box where he's going to give you everything that you want. And that also is not true. And I think this is where the roads cross. What is good? First John 2.16 or rather verse 17. Just to sober you up a little bit. And the world is passing away. I just feel this in the spirit. This is this is nothing against what Pastor Josh taught. Everything he taught was 100%. But I felt this in the, in the spirit. The world is passing away. In the midst of us contending for the goodness of the Lord, let us be reminded, the world is passing away. And the lust of it, and he who does the will of the Lord abides forever. Little children, it is the last hour. This is spoken 2,000 years ago. Little children, this is the last hour, and as you have heard, that the Antichrist is coming. Even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. We want the goodness of the Lord. And we want the faith of the cloud of witnesses, and we believe you, Lord that you do want to give this goodness, that we do not live a defeatist mentality, but Lord, we also, right, we want to understand what is good from you. Your kingdom. Your kingdom. For the hour is near. Come on, let's just, let's just reside here for a moment. I just want the Lord to do something. Come on, let's not rush it.
Come on, Lord, we just pray. For those sons and daughters who have taken a defeatist mentality. Mm. That they would know that they are Ben Elohim, that they are the sons of God. That we have authority. That we have authority. That we have authority. But the maturation that Pastor Josh was talking about is that with that authority that we have, we have the authority to lay down our life. That like Jesus, we would say, thy will be done on earth. Let your will be done, not my will. For your will is the good. Your will is the penultimate logos, the penultimate good. And your will, your will, your will, your desires that all men and all women would be saved. Your desire, your desires for your children to call upon your name. First John says, but the hour is near. So put away the lusts of the world. And put on the truth of God. I feel like the Lord, I don't mean to just extend service, but I'm just feeling this from the Lord. I, I, I feel in the spirit that there are people in this house that have made their desire of what is good to be higher than what God is saying. Like we, we, we may have made artificial ideas of what our life is supposed to look like when the Lord is saying, that's not the life that I want for you actually. Like, like Josh could have been a person that said, well, my, my life is to have this certain job, even the better job that was given to me, but that's not actually what the life that God wanted for him, right? It was a stepping stone to get to a new place. Mm. And, and I believe prophetically that that's what was being released in worship about smashing the idols. That there are people here who have an idol of what the good life is supposed to be. And the Lord is saying, that is an earthly good life. I want a greater life for you. But to get there, you have to put away the lust of the flesh. To get there, you have to put away the way that the world sees. And you need to step into the way that the kingdom sees. Come on. Father, we want to receive your goodness, not our goodness. We want to receive your goodness, not our goodness. What is your goodness? Christ laying down his life. What is your goodness? Christ laying down his life and it being resurrected again three days. Come on, I just speak. I speak to that image. I speak to the image of goodness that you have in your mind of what is what you believe to be good. And as Pastor Josh taught, that we would put it down on the altar like Isaac. Like Jesus in the garden, thy will be done, not mine. telling you I'm telling you right now when we get to that place there is such freedom there's liberty putting down the idols we put down the idols come on every idol that culture has lifted up we put it down 
come on i'm gonna sorry if this hurts your ears don't whore it out don't make god a prostitute don't make him the whore of babylon don't go and say i give a little you give much that's not the goodness of the lord that's not living in the land of the living come on right now right now any idol anyone and anything who has hoard out to the lord has made god a prostitute if i just give a little money if i just give a little prayer if i just give a little incense then you'll give unto me that's not the goodness of the lord that's not living in the land of the living come on he wants complete surrender Complete surrender. And we have a couple kids under the age of 16, but that's okay. I'm telling you, if you feel in some small way, I believe that this is a day of deliverance right now. If you in some small way have made God the Father a prostitute in the Spirit... I give a little money, you give a little goodness. It's time to come down and be set free. I know that's an awkward one, but hear my heart. Maybe to keep it PG-13, if you've got, made God a magical genie in a, lap, in a lamp, I do this for you, you give me my wish. That's not what Pastor Josh was speaking into. Speaking into transformation, the goodness of the Lord. I'm just going to invite you to come on down. Tanya, it's been a bad theology for about 50 years in the West, at least. Come on, you, you give unto God a little bit in your tithe and offering, and He's going to bestow upon you double. That's not why you give unto God. Give unto God because it's His. Come to faith and you'll have life, life abundantly. That's not why you come to faith. You come to faith because you're surrendered to your Father, the maker of your soul. But He loves us so much that He ends up blessing us anyway. Come on. Check your motivation. Check your motivation right now in this house come on I feel, I'm telling you I feel I feel it thick I feel it thick because there's other people who have done it there's other people who are just are clamming up and they don't want to come on down and be released We're going to remain here in a place of, of ministry. We have our cafe next door. Have a wonderful week. I just encourage you to just stay here. If you're feeling pulled into this direction. And to break the ice, I'm going to go up and I'm going to receive prayer. Have I made God a magical genie at points in my life? Yeah. That's not who he is. That's not the goodness of the land of the living that we're talking about. So Lord, I, I as a pastor, leader of this house, I come before you. Say, Lord, I don't want my good. I want your good. Lord, I don't want to be a man. I don't want to be a son that just comes to you. Prostituting you out. I want to be a son that comes to you and says, Lord, I want your will. Whatever it looks like. Whatever it takes. In Jesus' name. Have a blessed week.